Hello, and again, welcome to BitDepth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is... Joseph Arthur Clark. <laughs> it's quick on the response there, because I prepped you for it. Uh, who are you? What do you do? Uh, I am a <laughs> software designer. <laughs> that can't... Right, that, that's yeah, not, I mean, that's, that's the... Like the closest thing. Yeah. Um, I, I'm an inventor. We'll say that I'm an inventor. Sure. <laughs> uh, been working on software for most of the past couple of years, uh, but I'm familiar with quite a few different uh, different media. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's. we'll get into why that's so hard to explain. Yeah. <laughs> um, but first, how do we know each other? We're doing this in person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we met through uh, through a mutual friend of mine. You were, uh, you know, um, doing the power cycle thing in the band with him for a time, and I was uh, just kind of beginning to try and figure out if uh, my soon-to-be boss's daydream could be actually translated into a workable device, mm-hmm. and uh, he thought that I was the guy to to come to for that. So yeah, <laughs> um, and so there were many days. A couple of years ago where we'd just be like sitting in the same room and having these vast conversations oh, yeah. and that i was like this is exactly <laughs> the kind of person i need on BitDev. so that's so okay why is your the thing that you do so hard to explain <laughs> the thing that i do is difficult to explain because it takes a lot of um, visualizations and subtle understanding of, like, you have to be able to break a problem into its many different layers, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to think in terms of the, you, know, you have to be able to think conceptually, you have to be able to think logically, uh, you have to uh, leave yourself open to kind of new ideas and try not to get uh, tied down into uh, conventions, Um it's difficult because a lot of the time I find myself having to even invent the software tools to be able to do what I'm doing. Yeah. So um, I think naturally that's going to be very difficult to talk about. Yeah. Uh, also, I tend to be kind of an abstract individual in my day-to-day thinking anyway, so mm-hmm. it's sometimes difficult for me to... Uh, there's just there's not enough words. You know, yeah, our, yeah. our words... Uh, <laughs> They're not specific enough for my liking. Mm-hmm. They're not granular enough for my liking. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's even with the English language as vast as it is, the <laughs> there's still not enough. And yeah, so I guess there's there's still also lots of other experiences that you've had that have close to nothing to do <laughs> with the software thing. So I guess like tell me a little bit about the arc. Okay, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> where you're from and yeah sorry about that um <laughs> i get i get locked up into what i've been doing recently uh it's not like the rest of it's forgotten but it didn't have to kind of uh reorient you know <laughs> into past iterations basically um yeah i'd spent the majority of my adult life as uh as a a, a cook uh chef depending on who you talk to at various points but uh even then that was always just something I loved doing because there's, uh, to me, there's few things that are like as old or like as human as like feeding each other. Yeah. And so that was actually the motivation for the majority of that. Uh, I treated it like my career into like people who knew me only through that. They thought that that was my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for my, the entirety of my life, I've been, um, no matter what I'm doing to subsist, I've always been 
oriented to try and uh, towards trying to um, distill phenomena into something. Uh, I want to say essential, but that's not the word <laughs> <laughs> because I know that there's there's so many things attached to that word. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I was, I've wanted to to perfect my ability to absorb new information. Mm-hmm. That's really what a lot of my motivations have stem, um, stemmed from. So because of that, I've tried. I mean, I've done a lot of things. I've uh, done tree trimming. I've done, uh, you know, the uh, the culinary side of things. I've done uh, a little bit of uh, like bouncer, you know, stuff as a bouncer because uh, you wouldn't know it um, based on my resume, but I'm actually kind of an imposing individual in person. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I've just, you know, in addition to all the time spending like bookstores, libraries, wandering around in the dead of night, uh, talking to myself, you know, <laughs> there's, there's, uh, the experience has been varied. So I've just kind of always done what I needed to do to survive. But as far as who I am and where I've been and what I do, um, category is too broad to sum yeah, up easily yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. i guess in some ways i could say artist yeah uh <laughs> capital capital a if you will yes <laughs> but like whatever limitations people might put on that word mm. get rid of them <laughs> yeah oh exactly exactly to, to me an artist and really this ties a lot into something we've discussed before my interest in the occult mm-hmm. uh you know the occult art if you ever if i ever if I ever i say capital a art or capital a artist <laughs> yeah. uh it's a code word for the occult and <laughs> an occultist um mm-hmm. and it's really you know there's a lot of misconceptions about what the occult is um thinking that that which is hidden or whatever you know the an obvious reference to the uh the etymology behind it's behind it's the word itself uh, they think that it's things that are hidden because they're like dark or scary or spooky or mm-hmm. like they think of secret organizations with hoods and daggers and all this shit. <laughs> but really, when when they people when they say what is hidden, they meaning the things that you have to read between the lines for the things that your senses are not going to tell you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the uh, it's learning uh, to watch for subtle shifts in uh, the the I guess the flow of attention in a room. Mm-hmm. It can be the intonation someone's using when they speak. It can be like the collective kind of uh, drone of an entire crowd speaking. There's even pitch shifts in that that will tell you subtle information about the room. For me, mm-hmm. to be an artist, and you know, they always, you know, as a visual artist especially, they always tell you that the, mo- the, the hardest thing about becoming an artist is learning how to see. Um, and that's true for visual art, but that's even more true for things like the occult because it's mm-hmm. you're trying, you're having to like basically engineer new faculties, mm-hmm. new cognitive faculties to try and like apprehend the world around you. Um, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. If ever, if anyone uh, were to call me anything, I would hope that it would be artist. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, a thing that I feel like I keep saying on this podcast is just the sentence: systems have emergent properties that cause trends within those systems. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's recursion. Like, that's, that's recursion. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and so like the thing. That you're describing about seeing the places, the spaces in between the lines, seeing all of that is kind of an an important theme to acknowledge that everything has something in between and every system has, yeah, again, emergent properties Mm -hmm. that occur and whatever system that you're looking at, whether it be just visual art or whether it be 
a Western musical notation system. Mm-hmm. Each of these has emergent properties based on the fundamentals that we have grounded. And so like the stuff that you're talking about is kind of all encompassing on that, but also like everything in between those emergent properties as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the, the phrase turtles all the way down. It's interesting yeah. to me, but you know, turtles all the way down. The phrase gets used in Western, you know, uh, narrative <laughs> to, uh, to kind of make things seem absurd or to like to belittle ideas saying, mm-hmm. oh, that's, that's, that, you know, it's circular. It's, you know, it's baseless. But when in reality, the original, like the meaning of the phrase turtles all the way down or that, that um, concept was just a statement about the nature of reality itself you know mm-hmm. it was the, the the idea that that's an absurd association is an entirely western fabrication not only that but an entirely like like contemporary western yeah, <laughs> fabrication yeah. you know um there's something absurd there is something absurd and the level of detail that um emerges the deeper into something you look there that is absurd i mean mm-hmm. it's it's never ending you know yeah, yeah uh to a point i guess i mean you know the 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 uh materialists like okay the, the only the material the materialists i am willing to speak to will say <laughs> uh would consider something like Planck's length as like you know the lower limit of what's possible as far as observation but even then like there's there's so many things about this universe and how it functions that we are not aware of and i think that we can incorporate our understanding as it stands and still leave room for whatever else there might be. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's interesting <laughs> to me that you use the word systems because a lot of this, I, I didn't, I wasn't always this way. I mean, I've always been <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, I like to think about the world around me. I spent too much time in the libraries, you know, mm. had more books than free time, had more free time than friends when I was a child and mm. stuff, you know what I mean? But uh, it was largely um, an interest in abstract mathematics that got me into this line of thinking to begin with. Mm-hmm. I found a book um, about the origins of uh, the Santa Fe Institute, mm-hmm. which is uh, a, uh, like an honor, like an honors. I don't know. Hold on. I'm, I'm not, it's an institution somehow attached to the academic world, <laughs> uh, but it's dedicated. It's like a postdoctoral institute for studying complexity mm-hmm. and dynamical systems. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're the ones who kind of pioneered what we think of now as dynamical systems theory. That was their doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so getting into, you know, finding that book and really starting to get into them, uh, you know, I started reading, uh, you know, more Douglas, you know, Douglas Hofstadter. or I started reading, um, Oh, Oliver Sacks, <laughs> other, you, uh, <laughs> you know, other you know, figures like this that are talking about, uh, uh, oh, Dan Dennett, Dan Dennett, yeah, another one, the, yeah. the mind's eye was life-changing for me. There's mm-hmm. just, you know, there was a period of about three years where I just, I got into math and then math made me stranger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. So, um, I don't know, like, Why? Why did you start there? What drew you to it? Uh, there was actually, there was an individual I knew <clears throat> um, living in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, that he was just just some guy living out in the middle of nowhere, but he had uh, the most extraordinary past as far as his interactions with, uh, his interactions with math, with higher mathematics in particular, his dad, uh, and, and programming. He was also actually the guy who got me into programming. Um, when he was a child, his father, uh, when he was the age of six, bought him a uh, piece of software that would convert things back and forth from... Um, uh, C basic into machine code. Hmm. And so by the age of seven, he had learned how to read machine code. Um, <laughs> and this is the man that I, yeah, I met him, I think 2013, 2012, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, I mean, I, I was a, a creative individual. I was a, I was a prolific individual, but, um, 
the the my subject matter and really just my perceptions of the world were limited mm -hmm. in a way that kind of kept me from becoming the artist that I really wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And he kind of saw that a little bit and uh, he began to kind of encourage me to be a more logical individual, to kind of take my time to think through things more clearly, uh, just in an, in an abstract sense, but also in the mathematical sense. He started, we started um, playing word games basically back and forth, mm -hmm. uh, which word the game Wordscapes, so I don't know if I can say that on there. Anyway, so it's copyrighted. Anyway, whatever. Um, uh, you know, there, there's mobile games where you, you reorder letters to see how many words you can mm -hmm. compose out of a single set of letters. And uh, we started doing this with uh, our posts and our messages back and forth to one another. We would try and layer in whole sentences, you mm -hmm. know, into paragraphs and things. And that got me into uh, combinatorics, mm -hmm. you know, those word games, uh, set theory, permutation, you know, learning how to permute yeah. sets and things like that. Um, and so it really just kind of organically grew out mm -hmm. of my conversations and uh, interactions with another individual who, funny enough, also considered himself a capital artist so yeah. it's uh, it's interesting how it kind of spreads by contact like that yeah and i feel like there's this perception that mathematics and materialism or sciences are completely divorced from the artistic the spiritual the occult right. if you will and these are vastly different areas of thought and you have to traverse in between them because it, they're so different but the the thing that I've been sort of getting into more and more so and, and kind of conversations with, with you have driven me to these points as well is that like it's all the same once again turtles all the way down <laughs> it's like all of the math and systems and materialism if you will are all also spiritual and artistic and occult yeah, and oh, it's <laughs> it's all connected and it once you open yourself up to that possibility then you won't have to like put this barrier up in your head about like oh that's math i don't do that mm. <laughs> yeah i mean I, th I think i think that a lot of uh you know so-called so spiritual individuals, uh, they they lose out on a lot of enjoyment and a lot of opportunities for personal growth, mm -hmm. uh, for their kind of uh, the the wide berth they give academia and its like <laughs> attendant faculties. We'll say, yeah. Um, and 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 on the same on the same ledge, I, I know I know I personally know a lot of like hyperlogical individuals or individuals who consider themselves hyperlogical uh, that are almost entirely incapable of the suspension of disbelief. Mm -hmm. And so, how skeptical are they? You know, are they really? Are yeah, they really yeah. what they think they are? And the answer is no, they're not. It's because <laughs> they close themselves off to those experiences and to those ways of seeing. Uh, and now, and now, uh, the, I will say though, there is. The woo is real. There, there, <laughs> yes. there, there is there is a lot of things that's just hand wavy nonsense, and I can openly admit that. And honestly, I've fallen for that stuff in the past, you know, myself before, mm -hmm. um, because you always, you know, you you want there. Especially people who have not taken the time to develop their ability to understand the world. They want there to be a deeper world, you know mm -hmm. what I mean, that's beyond their understanding. And the reality is it's it, there's a part of it that always will be, but mm -hmm. they're just lazy a lot of the time. Because, I yeah. mean, if you just learn the fundamentals of basic phenomena around you, I mean, I'm sitting here staring at racks of audio equipment. Like, if people <laughs> really comprehended how this stuff works, mm -hmm. they would never devalue science and mathematics in the way that they do mm -hmm. especially from the spiritual communities and things this the complexity is astounding mm -hmm. and it's really it's that complexity that's in common you know what i mean yeah there's the there's the realities of interpersonal narratives and intrapersonal narratives that mm -hmm. determine the shape of the social world around us you know and then our interactions and the capacities we bring into one another's lives you know that shapes 
our ongoing reality as a whole. You know, that's 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 what forms the body of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's entirely immaterial. The basis of it's entirely immaterial. Sure. You know, look. I say this all the time, and I know I've said it to you before, but I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. If you look around the room you're in, everything you see will used to exist only in someone else's mind. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. You know, the room you're in mm-hmm. <laughs> used to exist only in someone else's mind. So, mm-hmm. um, the interplay between what's uh, subtle and what's material is, I think, a lot more. Um, they're a lot more interconnected than people like to think. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right about. I think you're right about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess coming back to you, uh, where do you go from there? Because again, the once you kind of see that, like, oh, the the math and the word games and the complexity and layered complexity kind of is part of the art. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I guess, where do you go from there? (laughs) I mean, individually, I mean, I I can say personally, and I will here in just a moment, if you'll you'll (laughs) bear with me. But um, as far as other individuals that, I mean, I can't tell you that because that's, that's up to them to decide, you know, uh, Terrence McKenna, I love Terrence McKenna. Um, I've had to take it easy in recent years uh, (laughs) because I, I, you know, I don't, I didn't want to get too deep into someone else's reality tunnel, essentially. Mm. Also Robert Anton Wilson, love Robert Anton Wilson. But anyhow, uh, Terrence McKenna said, build your own damn boat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talk, talking about it rather than, you know, uh, engaging in the, the culture that surrounds you and everything and its technologies and its indulgences, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to do what you can to engineer your own individual culture, your own individual society amongst you and the individuals, you know. And so I think that for others, I mean, you know, that, that's that's their responsibility to shoulder. Yeah. I myself, I've been trying to do this um, in a number of ways. Uh, really, the, the the transition, the career transition is, was was a part of that for me because before this, you know, worked in the service industry, mm-hmm. you know, working my ass off to feed people who probably wouldn't look at me on the street if they yeah. met me. You know what I mean? Uh, to where I am now trying to engineer creative technologies to actually give, and with the organization we're working with in particular, to give immigrant voices, uh, you know, immigrant artists uh, access to more advanced technologies that they otherwise just wouldn't. And that's mm-hmm. something that I personally am still interested in, you know, as uh, with a lot of the things we develop, I mean, I'm working on uh, the lighting control you know software suite i'm working on some uh, applications in artificial intelligence i'm actually also working on some games mm-hmm. um the games are there to sneak bits of uh um i guess epistemological <laughs> fireworks into, yeah, yeah. In, into, into people's <laughs> brains but that's that's a side thing but but so for me where where i go from there is learning to take sorry where you know to get back to it and mm-hmm. what you were saying to where the where i go from there is to take the understandings of the world that I've developed that appear useful to me, that have utility, to take mm-hmm. those and actually try and make them into something, mm-hmm. you know, to to take those mental faculties for recognizing complexity and using this to actually engineer layers of complexity, which I do every single day when I sit down at the keyboard to work on, you know, whatever the next, uh, you know, data structure that I'm going to be implementing is and the programs and the software and everything. So for me, it's a direct, it's a it's not taking it anywhere. It's where is this taking me next yeah. is really how it feels, you know, mm-hmm. um, because as the understanding builds inside me and as I'm starting to acquire, you know, um, kind of the understanding of where the tech industry in particular at, is at in regards to creative tools for artists and things like that, mm-hmm. I'm kind of seeing where the room is, you know, where, where can I, where does the industry have room to grow, mm-hmm. you know, and what contributions can I make to the industry to help it grow in ways that benefit creatives? Yeah. You know, that's, that's where I'm trying to go from here. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so. 
what was, I guess, the transition from, like, well, actually, no. Let's just, because we've spent a lot of time into this, like, very layered <laughs> sort of communication uh, to even just kind of ground into it. Uh, tell me about cooking food. What about it? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I love it. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> you know, as I said, it's one of the oldest human things. Ever, I mean, ever since I was three, you know, mm -hmm. before before I became um, a mad scientist, you know, when I was a, <laughs> when I was a child, my mom asked me when I was three, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I told her I'm a cook. And she asked me why. And I, said, and I told her so that I could always feed her, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's always been that place. Of, cooking's always come from that place of compassion for me. And there's just, just really, I mean, I am literally giving you I am literally give if I feed someone I am literally literally giving them their body what their body needs to exist yeah. like the matter they are composed of you know what I mean so there's something very intimate in it to that mm -hmm. uh, you know in that way but I mean beyond that there's also just the complexity of the flavors you know mm -hmm. there's the understanding that every little thing you do differently has an effect on the taste you know it's uh, there's this kind of people who need recipes to cook um, disgust me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I say this, um, they could do so much better for themselves. And I think a lot of times what it is, is people have this illusion about what recipes really are. Mm -hmm. They think it's this instructionary, you know, it's, they think it's this instructional process that if you, you know, start here, do this, end here, eat your food. But really there's, there's so much information missing mm -hmm. from from those re from those recipes you know if 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 they wanted to be actually to actually be that there would be precise timing information because you know i'm sorry i'm i'm digressing here a little i'm, dig I'm <laughs> no, digressing okay. a bit <laughs> people take false comfort in the the structure recipes have to offer without understanding that they are still putting their own touches on the timing the amounts mm -hmm. uh you know the levels of heat uh you know the order in which things are combined they're still taking liberties and so it, they draw this false sense of security from it but really like they're still doing it so if they were to just put that aside and, and kind of claim that freedom for themselves you know what i mean <laughs> they i think that they would garner much much more enjoyment about out of it um there's just god this is i'm sorry I, <laughs> wow uh drifting off here um, <laughs> well there's in a way there's still a lesson to be learned by using a recipe which is sort of like hey here's some structures so that you know now more what this could be like <laughs> yeah. and so the next time that you attempt this hmm. you can do something else with it maybe there were things the last time that you liked or didn't like about it and yeah. so it's like oh i'm going to lean into that this time and so hmm. it's like maybe a recipe is just like a starting point to then go off into yeah. the yeah. rest of what you're capable of now that you know how to do this dish yeah. <laughs> and honestly, if anyone ever made a cooking book, like a cookbook that was more orient oriented towards that use of things like recipes, mm -hmm. I think that'd be fantastic. If, if they had introduced people to the concept that, that this is only a jumping off point, mm -hmm. I think it'd be amazing. You know, yeah. I, I'd love that. Um, but I mean, I have I have issue with the way cooking is taught largely mm -hmm. anyway. You know, there's this um, uh, Escoffier, you know, the Frenchman who, mm -hmm. you know, made french food what people think of when they hear <laughs> french food uh there there's this very there's a very eurocentric like mm -hmm. aspect to the cooking to cooking human cooking period as yeah, it is yeah. now you know <laughs> uh, the industry uh, the, any industry that exists outside of individuals homes and individuals meals there's you know uh it's remarkably eurocentric but i think that it would be interesting to 
kind of reject some of the you know, the idea of even even the idea of the mother sauces. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The 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 fact that that Escoffier tried to put kind of a you know, tried to kind of claim ownership, say, oh, these are these are French, you know, these are the mm-hmm. sauces. When like the word curry means sauce, and there are like thousands of kinds yeah, of curry. Yeah. So you know, mm-hmm. there's uh, it's it's almost un- unwarranted. You know what I mean? The uh, I don't know. Right. Well, and there's there's a huge cultural implication or whatever the fuck culture means uh, <laughs> but like the the nuance in which like and again this still goes back into the further conversation of like everything is stacked layers of complexity and mm. all that sort of stuff is that like even what you think of as indian food or chinese right. food or french food is still just like a distilled form of something even bigger and it's not actually even necessarily french food it's not even actually necessarily indian food because everything is this huge uh mixing pot pun intended to like culture and human existence is all feeding into this thing other pun intended (laughs) well done (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh yeah i mean there, there's there's a lot of complexity to be found there and actually i uh one of the one of the reasons i started kind of considering okay well like what else can we do with food i, I didn't mm. i didn't mention this earlier i apologize i think i had this conversation in my head earlier and then i convinced myself it took place a few minutes ago <laughs> so i apologize but um there's a lot that there's there's still a lot of the, a lot that can be done as far as even just the combinatorics. I mean, there's you know if you take the number of ingredients on Earth, which is you know somewhere in the thousands, you know, mm-hmm. I think somewhere like seven thousand around there was one of the one of the last articles I read where someone even tried to estimate, and honestly, you can't mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just because there's you know uh, lots of things we can eat and taste. Fuck oh yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> that that we don't you know yeah <laughs> uh, it's crazy. But uh, the the article that I read the uh, they said that the like human culinary like space mm-hmm. is two orders of magnitude smaller than like the possible recipe space yeah yeah so, <laughs> so i mean you know it's just it's interesting to me like how little of the earth's culinary possibility we've really explored over the course of our history you know mm-hmm. um and and it's also interesting to me the number of different types of cooking culture that do evolve with, I mean, if you consider really the only real variables in cooking mm-hmm. are uh, your timing, mm-hmm. your heat source, and the chemistry of the seasons. That's really, yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. That's all you, sorry. <laughs> that's really all you have to work with. But so it's interesting to have those three basic concepts just like, you know, manifest it in this ridiculous array of techniques and, you know, um, you know, seasonal menus, even for some cultures, you know, sure. you eat different things at different times of the year. And then to, to, to think that, and then to consider that that is two orders of magnitude less than the entire <laughs> space we are capable of exploring. So, I mean, yeah, there's, mm-hmm. there's so much complexity. It almost, it almost, you can't apprehend it. You, just, mm-hmm. you can't. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it like, it's this weird thing about like the, <laughs> everything is sort of, really important and not at the same time oh, yeah. and so it's like we eat three times a day sometimes uh <laughs> and like it's this again to use the word ritual that we partake in but it's like 
it can be as special or not special as mm. it needs to be. You could you could literally just live off of Soylent and your human experience will be very diminished from that. But the <laughs> like you can do that mm. and you can treat it that unceremoniously or you can you know try and make sure if you have the time and money to like make a complete beautiful experience every time that you sit down to eat even mm. though like you have to right. <laughs> uh that's also a level of experience that you can have mm. but it's it's both really special and not yeah absolutely <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I think that, that that kind of illustrates a deeper point, though, as far as like what's special, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And really, it's like it's only special if you make it special. And it's yeah. always the way that is, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think that that illustrates something uh, more general about experience. But yeah, it's definitely it definitely is one of those. I mean, there was times in my life when I was uh, like, you know, going to going to university, um, studying in uh, Tulsa, majoring in sociology. There were times when there was several months, actually, where I, I lived off of the same mixture of rice, lentils, stolen onions mm -hmm. and uh, tap water. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The little bit of uh, a little bit of ketchup money, some Indonesian soy sauce, a little bit of Indonesian you know, sweet soy sauce on there. And that's what I lived on. It's not Soylent. It was, you know, <laughs> sure. the first time I tried it, I was like, oh, this shit, this is good. Yeah. You know, by about month three, I was like, oh, my God, you know, when can I get a job? But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, but then there's also times, you know, where I'll I'll make an actual like fine dining plating just because mm -hmm. just because, you know, yeah. Um, it's not often because <laughs> yeah, that takes several hours. And one of the things that that does separate fine dining from like casual dining um, is uh, the number of components and the and like kind of the, the processing time for each of those components. Yeah. That's really you know. Um, so it's 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 not often, but <laughs> sometimes yeah, I definitely do take I like to take the time to make it something special. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think that. Have we covered, in some ways, the basics of who you are and what you do? <laughs> Good Lord, I apologize. Uh, yeah, I think. I believe so. Yeah. You do art in every sense of that word. <laughs> yes, I do. And because it's been 30 minutes, we get on to the, what most people consider Tough questions, but I'm actually we'll... ex excited to have a little yeah. structure, so I'll quit. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> please. Uh, so I, I discuss myself. <laughs> what is the role of spirituality or religion in your life? Which, for most people, seems to be a very difficult question, and uh, this might be a very uh, long-winded answer from you, which I appreciate. It's actually going to be. Oh, see, and now I'm now I'm second guessing myself because oh, okay, it was okay. about to be surprisingly succinct. Uh, to me, spirituality and religion are to my spiritual practice like uh, they as. Um, peeling an orange with a knife is mm. to peeling an orange with your hands. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, there's there's daydreaming. There's, you know, I like to formalize things. I've drifted around. I've invented deities to worship of myself mm -hmm. over the years. You know what I mean? I've worshipped my friend's group as a pantheon of deities before. Mm -hmm. uh, the Golden Girls. I've done some ritual magic <laughs> workings using the Golden Girls as a god form, actually. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's, you know, for, for me, it's it's... It's playtime. <laughs> That's what it sure. is. Anything that I can imagine and make useful is to me a part of my spiritual practice. Yeah. And so 
it's like a sandbox yeah. i guess you know <laughs> um, I'm, i don't know there's so many analogies i could go with yeah um they're yeah they're, they're tools though that i guess that's that's the heart of the answer is that they're tools yeah. to me um a lot you know some other individuals they live their lives according to their codes and you know they're they're like um it seems like they are beholden to something sure. but to me it's I, I see it as the other way around i see i think that people who have that kind of interaction that kind of relationship with their own spirituality where they feel like it's something that they are like held in place by mm-hmm. if that makes sense to me it's it's not that it's not that at all spirituality is to me it's it's like the cockpit it's the ship controls you know sure. what i mean uh, <laughs> so. yeah that's what role it plays in my life it's 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 uh it's my cockpit yeah so then what is your definition of god whatever that might be <laughs> because you also kind of referred to like deities and stuff but like oh, yeah. not in the way that people are used to right right hearing. sorry <laughs> i forget i forget sometimes how yeah um okay this is a the kind of the popular notion of the kind of capital g god mm-hmm. you know where there's uh kind of the invisible the invisible mechanic model is kind of the one that a lot of people use uh that's not the model that i prefer um Mm -hmm. obviously but uh this is gonna seem like a digression and i swear to god it's not i swear to god it's not the best part of it (laughs) i swear to god it's not anyway um so to one one of the things there's a lot of ways in which the my definitions of the, the the elements of the world the words Jesus Christ, I sound like a schizophrenic. Hold on. <laughs> it's difficult to describe. <laughs> it is. It is extraordinarily. Um, my understandings of common concepts vary from the average individual quite drastically, quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best and simplest examples of this I can think of is my understanding of words. Um, words, people think of words, you know, they are assemblies of sound that have meanings encoded into them. Mm-hmm. For me, a word is any. Th- any produced object in any media that mm-hmm. can have information encoded into it and retrieved from it. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, words are like banks for meeting, kind of, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, like piggy banks for meeting. Yeah. Um, gods are enormous penny piggy banks. Mm-hmm in that analogy sure that's what gods are to me they're enormous piggy banks for meaning they can be carried through time they can be used um they're tools like i mean just like spirituality itself they are as spirituality is a tool for managing one's experience a deity is a tool for managing one's spirituality Mm -hmm. you know in a way um people now now i think people have this notion that things have to be permanent. And I think that that kind of understanding has kind of insinuated itself into our understanding of what deities are. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain worldviews where this is not the case. You have the concepts of like uh, like the tulpa in uh, you know, Tibetan Buddhism, which are uh, basically engineered deities, engineered spiritual entities that you create and project with the intention of, uh, you know, with the intention of achieving some goal, mm-hmm. of doing something for you. You know, it's the uh, the Tibetan Buddhist version of the servitor probably have to explain that word too sorry <laughs> um, before we can define god we must we must first define definitions yeah that's well, the, I mean, yeah, yeah you know, really. uh who is the master who makes the grass green you know what mm-hmm. i mean yeah, that, that's gone <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like there's more in there but we'll kind of touch on it with the further conversation but then the next question what is free will <laughs> meaningless 
Cool. <laughs> Absolutely meaningless in Elaborate. my opinion. It's not, I mean, if you, if you had it, I don't know, it's, you can't pin it down. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's not something you would ever really be able to, it's not a question you're going to be able to answer mm -hmm. because if you don't have it, how would you know? <laughs> really, I mean, it's it's un it's one of those things. It's it's unfalsifiable, basically, mm -hmm. you know. And really, and to to me, I, I do think. I mean, there's you know dark little recesses in my mind where I think, okay, yeah, there might be something like free will. But the, I mean, it's one of those things that basically either everyone has it or nobody has it, and either way, nothing really changes. Yes, you know, uh, there's there might be agency at like the highest level of levels of organization, um, where we're talking about like, you know, the 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 kind of rivers of matter and energy that mm -hmm. course through the dark of space, there might be agency at like that level of organization, <laughs> but like down here, uh, down here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not likely. Yeah. Um, I think that we are what we encounter. Like we, we each individual is, they are the part of the signal that they are able to absorb and then able to make use of and rebroadcast. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's all that we are. I don't think that that's a problem, though. I mean, I don't, mm -hmm. you know, this, there's still room for the individual in that because you still, the the combination of forces that are at work in individual are still going to be, you know, there's still going to be a subtle distinction between them and even another that might seem identical to the outsider, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, no, I don't think free will exists. I do not think the self exists. Cool. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, if more people were, accessible to that layer of the question i would also ask what is the self but mm, that is a much harder question to uh give to most people so thank you for approaching that in yeah. such a way that is uh, yeah. nice <laughs> what do you think happens when we die the body decomposes <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah that, 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 that's it that's all um I <laughs> sorry i think i think that uh the afterlife is kind of a selfish concept mm. and i think it's one that people who are uh naive in a way need mm. um it, if i've offended anyone with that i apologize <laughs> but, um i do i think that what people talk about the bright the the, the light at the end of the tunnel the bright whites uh mm -hmm. you know all of that the bright whites um <laughs> I think that that's the brain burning itself out. Hmm. Uh, but I think that I'm also not, I am not beholden to material existence for the constituents of my own experience in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And so even if all that is, is the brain burning out, that's totally valid to me. If you can, yeah. if it's possible for the individual to experience, you know, the rest of their lifetime and those last few moments as the brain fizzles out, cool, that's yeah. their afterlife. And for the, and honestly, for, for someone in that experience, their understanding of time might like, you know, bloat to infinite you know yeah. within the right right before the lights go out you know mm -hmm. but you wouldn't know because yeah know. um but yeah largely i think that uh, i try to focus personally more on like what have i spoken in my time here mm -hmm. you know what parts of the signal have i been able to like you know fiddle with uh, yeah. in my time here on earth uh that's i think that that's that's where the real afterlife is is how do the ideas that have moved through you continue to move after you're gone to me yeah. that's that's an afterlife that's mm -hmm. an afterlife that i would want Exactly. <laughs> How do you determine what good behavior is? <laughs> Has any harm that could have been avoided been avoided? Mm. That's that's 
<laughs> as close as I can get to defining it. Because I mean, I don't have, you know, I don't have the the expectations of religion mm-hmm. or really even you know with with a few exceptions peers i don't know many people really <laughs> so there's not you know there's not a lot of the uh the kind of the social pressures are there so for me it's just i mean i don't want anyone to suffer <laughs> really mm-hmm. is the heart of it and i know that because um, that we are going to because to live is to suffer and i grasp this but mm-hmm. i it's it's about not wanting to make anyone else suffer more you mm-hmm. know and in so much as I am able, doing what I can to reduce someone else's suffering, you know, which admittedly is, isn't a whole lot. You know, there's mm-hmm. not a whole lot that I can do. But I mean, there's several individuals over the course of my life that, uh, you know, I, um, I've talked people down before. You know what I mean? I've helped my friends realize that there are reasons to live, reasons to persist and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's that it's that same kind of motivation. It's just like even if it's someone, even if it's someone I don't know, I can still care about them, yeah. you know. And to me, anything that comes from that kind of place is going to be good. Yeah. Definitely. How do we reduce the division? Between <laughs> I I need to find some way of structuring this question that it doesn't garner that response. But yeah. <laughs> sorry. Because <laughs> um, you're not the only one. Yeah, yeah. But like usually there's the context of like political separation, but mm. then also like just the fact that people are against each other. How do we reduce the division? I don't know that... Of humanity, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah, maybe yeah. that should be the addendum right. to the question. Of humanity. <laughs> there's so many different reasons that people repel one another. And there's so many different kinds of space between individuals. I think that's really where my hang-up here is. Is I'm having a hard time equating those different kinds of division into mm-hmm. the division. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that in a lot of ways, uh, there are some divisions that I can stomach. I will be honest with you. You know, some uh, some of the political divides, obviously, I have my own affiliations and things. I won't get into those too heavily (laughs) unless you ask. (laughs) But um, uh, I hear... uh, I hear a lot of people I know, obviously, with the occult circles that I run, and I'm around a lot of New Agers all the time. Uh, much to my chagrin, New Agers are the worst. Um, anyhow, uh, they 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 have the sentiment like, oh, we're all one. And like, yeah, okay, we're a single species, yes. But there are 8.1 billion brains on this planet. Mm-hmm. Can we quit trying to cram them all into the same box? Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, that's where I come from, is I don't think that we need to be like embracing this humanity as all one vision. Screw that. We are 8.1 mm-hmm. billion. We are not one. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I think that treating the differences between us as something to be celebrated rather than shelved. Sure. Is I think where we have the actual opportunity to grow because pretending like the division isn't there is obviously not working. Mm. And that's where a lot of people I know, even personally, a lot of people that I know, um, that's where they're coming at it from is they're just trying to pretend like the space isn't there. And I'm saying treat the space between us as something to be celebrated. Mm. And I think that that's that's really where we should be going Mm. personally. Cool. (laughs) I have thoughts about that. And so I'll... (laughs) We'll talk about it on the next one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's really interesting. I like that approach. Do you believe humans are evil by nature? I don't believe evil exists cool. in nature. Elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> um, evil is a function of remembered consequences and social groupings, really, mm-hmm. more than anything. I mean, there's, you know, uh, 
Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the words that I use in these questions are yeah. weighted. And so you have to then, again, like right, right. define definition and then define God and then define evil and then define <laughs> nature. So like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's rare to find an evil person who believes themselves to be evil. Right? It's, I don't think it's possible to find an evil person now that I hear myself say it out loud. Sure. I don't think... Most people who do evil understand that they do evil, mm -hmm. really. Um, so it's really hard for me. I, no, no, I don't. I guess to answer the question with a short word, no. I, mm -hmm. don't think human, I don't think human beings are naturally evil. I don't think anyone is naturally evil. I think that uh, what we might call evil behaviors, kind of like uh, the concept of empire, we might say, uh, spreads through contact and spreads through confrontation. You know what I mean? It's... Um, in the occult world there's this concept of if you kill me you become me it's kind of the essence of like the solar bull if you ever see a bull with like a sun disc between its head mm. between its horns the notion is that by by killing the bull you um <laughs> sorry but uh the the idea is that by slaying the solar bull you become the sun between its horns mm -hmm. uh, it's a real kind of convoluted thing it's like it's hard to relate mm -hmm. um occult metaphors sometimes but um <laughs> but i do think that that relates in this in this sense is that uh, you know? It's the same kind of abstraction by which evil spreads. It wouldn't. It wouldn't happen if it were not done. Yeah. To, to others, you know what I mean. I feel like that's an inadequate answer, but I'm trying. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. And like you can, you can take your time. I, I'm yeah. not here to stop you. Right. <laughs> um, what if you were? What, what kind of podcast would that be? Sorry. sorry right. No. Yeah. Sorry. It would be very boring, and yeah, that's. Uh, I want. I think the I've, conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, think, yeah. I think I've heard that podcast before. Actually, <laughs> okay. what are you? Duncan Trussell. No. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> I bet. Sorry. Uh, Duncan Trussell is great. But uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think humanity is heading towards in the future? Uh, the void. <laughs> <laughs> the long night. <laughs> sure. Um. I mean, before that, <laughs> or I guess, yeah, whatever it is that this mm. society, or you use the word empire as well. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, where are we going? Uh, hopefully, space. I mean, we're already in space. Hopefully, different parts of space. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, different suns, different planets. Although, uh, as in a, in a broader sense, I don't think that organic life is sustainable. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I mean, in in, the, in any kind of time scales that matter to us, it is obviously, you know, the next several years, the next several hundred years, they're not guaranteed to us. But, it, you know, as long as we keep trying and we don't uh, we don't kill our home world, uh, we'll have a chance to go somewhere. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't think there's anywhere we're supposed to go necessarily. I'm not one of those, but I do think that we are on a trajectory of. Ever since humans discovered fire, we've been extruding our technological potential into the world around us through material objects. Yes. I think that humanity's destiny, you know, <laughs> quotes, um, is to continue this process to its logical extreme, mm -hmm. which to me is the complete extrusion of consciousness from the human form into its artifacts. Mm -hmm. And so that said, I think that humanity's destiny, if you want to call it that, mm -hmm. is the invention of the engineering production 
and unveiling, we'll say, of machine consciousness. Yes. I think that that's our, that's our, that's where we're going. <laughs> and I think that we have the option of either fusing with that as it comes into existence or, um, you know, being letting it being be what it is. Yeah. yeah. Either, <laughs> either becoming an integral part of it or becoming the skin it sheds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's our destiny. Yeah. Anyway, of course, mm-hmm. after that, the long sleep, the void. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess further with that, will that artificial intelligence continue also indefinitely or the fun will thing ab- it reach the void as well? The fun thing about the word artificial right. is that it requires agency. Mm. If we can't define if we can't <laughs> define the self and we can't define free will, we can't mm. define agency. So how do we call it artificial? Right. I'm just saying, just saying. It's just a perpetuation the, the intelli- of yeah. intelligence. Exactly. And that's actually um that's kind of what I'm getting at is that there's there it's a continuation, you know, mm. that the boundary between those you know, that that some things only exist in retrospect. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that the division between I think I've lost sight of the question, I'll be honest. No, that's okay. God. We're we're, okay. we're going where we're going. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, I think that that division between human consciousness and quote, you know, as you've said, artificial intelligence, I think mm-hmm. that that's illusory and I don't right. I think cuz I mean we are uh it's still organic. You know, if mm-hmm. it's an organic species that brings it about organically, mm-hmm. then it also is an organic intelligence. It's just, yeah. it's just has a physiology different from ours, yes. <laughs> you know, silicon, silicon based physiology, sure. you know, yeah. which theoretically could happen. I wonder about it all the time. Yeah. yeah. It's unfortunate that the colloquialized term for it is artificial intelligence, right, right. but that's, we got to communicate with each other somehow. We could just be calling it intelligence. Sure. <laughs> but we use that word in other contexts anyways. Because we never do that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Right. Uh, <laughs> what are you optimistic about for oh. our future? Oh, good. Um, <laughs> uh, well, the entertainment sector is going to do great. Um <laughs> Maybe, yeah. If the well, I mean, disease okay. of yeah, that was, Disney. Sorry, that was that was yeah. pure snark. That was pure snark. That was pure okay, snark. Okay. <laughs> getting getting at exactly what I think you were about to. Yes. Apply. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the monopoly will continue to thrive. Yes. Um, outside of that, gosh. You know, I'm not a very optimistic person. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. Um, it's not like I'm a pessimist, but mm-hmm. like. I'm not quite a fatalist because I'm not lazy enough to like not participate. Mm-hmm. You know, forgive me to any fatalist friends I have, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, I'm not really optimistic about a good deal. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm interested to see where it goes, and I think that uh, you know there are some milestones we might reach as a species that are like worth looking forward to. And I guess the mm-hmm. closest thing I could say, the closest I could get to saying I'm optimistic about really anything about humanity is that I'm excited to see what we do next. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess in a way I'm, I'm optimistic about, uh, continuing human ingenuity into the future in whatever cool. form that takes. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, that kind of that. I think that's been that, fluid reasoning has been the human thing you know Mm -hmm. that problem solving has been the human thing to my mind so i guess i could say i'm excited to see where that goes yeah cool (laughs) what makes you content Hmm. all kinds of stuff to be honest um 
People usually give lists. Oh, do, uh, they? Oh, do they? Yeah. Ugh. You don't have to list things. <laughs> oh, no, no, you can just describe yeah, concepts yeah. that yeah. bring about contentment. <laughs> oh, um, there's a concept called equanimity, and I try to con- I, I try to cultivate it constantly. So, a contentment even is I, I don't feel like I need anything. Mm. You know, I feel like you have to feel like something is needed for you to feel content, because without that, you know, desire, there's mm. yeah, there, there's no thing to fulfill. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe I'm just content all the time. Then is that what that means? I don't cool. know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely times when I'm unhappy. You know what I mean? There's there's suffering with everyday life and everything like that. But like, you know, just breathing is not. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? There's there's time. I mean, there were times in my life where I uh, I was not doing so hot. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? There I was uh, I was homeless for a while when I was younger. You know, I struggled a lot uh, during that period of my life, and I think that as a lot of people who go through something like mm-hmm. that fucked <laughs> sorry if i can't sorry no sorry, you okay. can say yeah, yeah. Uh, as a lot of people go through something that fucked um you come out of it pretty much unbreakable <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's uh there's nothing that can really get me down my enemies i mean my enemies are in power not much i can do about it mm-hmm. um that sucks but like beyond that everything's pretty gravy <laughs> you know yeah and that's cool and the and the, the distinction w- between like happiness and then contentment and then equanimity is the mm. like slowly gradual towards balance is really kind of the <laughs> try try yeah <laughs> when will you be satisfied assuming you're not already is kind of the assumption within the question i mean okay no I say that I'm content all the time, but I'm, it occurs to me now there are some ways in which I am not content. Mm. Uh, there was a period of time, as I said, occultist. You know, there was a period of time that during my uh, my rituals and things like that, I can say I called myself the Knight of the Skyward Eye. Mm. That was what I called myself for a time. Uh, funny enough, the name's taken from a Magic the Gathering card. So, oh, nice. come at me, Wizards of the Coast, if you really like. <laughs> it's my fault, not his. Um, anyway. Um, but that's what I called myself for a while it's because there was just there was never enough. I, I mean, as far as understanding, you know, mm-hmm. uh, my ability to perceive and understand the world, I always want to see deeper. I always want more to take apart with my mind. There has to be something more. If there's not, I am hollow. I feel empty inside. Mm-hmm. If there's nothing for me to apprehend and observe, mm-hmm. which in truth, I am empty inside outside <laughs> of anything to apprehend and observe. So that's and perhaps we all are. Yeah, that's exa- okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So, um. Uh, but uh, so in a lot of ways, I am always satisfied in this one way. I will never be satisfied mm-hmm. ever, ever. Yeah. I will be unsatisfied and then I will be dead yeah. <laughs> you know, as far as, uh, experiencing. I just, I always want more. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I have two more. Oh no, actually I have three more because one of these, I don't normally ask people, but it's fun to put this one in whenever people are capable of handling it. <laughs> What's the point? Oof. What's the point? <laughs> no qualifiers, just that one, right? Just, just. Uh, you can interpret the question however you want. <laughs> okay, all right, cool. I could take the lazy way and mm. say to figure out what the point is, mm. but that feels cheap to me. Mm. Uh, it feels valid, but also cheap. Sure. Um, <laughs> that's 
to make a point. That's the point, to make mm. a point. Yeah. Not to figure out what it is, but to make a point. Mm. Is the distinction clear? Exactly, Am I, okay, yeah. okay, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what I would say. So now two more. What advice do you have for people in general? Take yourself seriously, but mm. not too seriously. Take the things, t- don't take yourself seriously, but take the things you love seriously. Mm. Uh, value your own time. Value what you do with your own time. Mm-hmm. Don't waste your own time. It's the only thing we got. Yeah, really. I mean, that's, <laughs> well, I mean. We, we got some other things, but. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, honestly, that's, I think that sums the most, most of it up. Don't be a dick. Don't waste your own time. Yeah. <laughs> really. And then lastly, potentially most importantly, mm. cake or pie. It's very heavy question yeah. to ask someone who is so connected with food but <laughs> yeah i mean this is actually agonizing hold on <laughs> yeah exactly uh, i'm gonna go with pie because it's more challenging to make mm. <laughs> and there's probably a lot of cake makers that want to pull knives on me right now but uh it's true though well i think that so the reason that this question has come about is okay. because my wife and I, I'm pie and she's cake. Mm. And so we're kind of seeing the like tallies of what people say versus okay. Okay. cake or pie. And well, honestly, even I'm sorry to go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, the, it hasn't really come up yet, but it does seem to be that there are some people who's, votes count a little more <laughs> and i trust your culinary expertise more than the next person i appreciate it. so <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah personally uh personally i just there's more cake is one texture mm-hmm. pie is at least two mm-hmm. you know what i mean so for me that's enough <laughs> Personally, it's more if there's there's it's more interesting you know what i mean there's more to play around with with the cake you have the batter the filling frosting you know what i mean with Mm. the pie you can have like multiple different components in the filling you know you can the 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 liquid medium it can be a little bit wetter it can be a little bit Mm -hmm. a little bit stickier you know what i mean is the crust flaky is the crust have uh you know is it made with butter is it made with cheddar because you can do that you know uh Mm -hmm. you know what i mean there's so many things there's only so many ways you can actually make a cake yeah and corollary to that question is always is cheesecake pie no cheesecake is a custard hmm which is a custard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are custard pies. Cheesecake is a custard pie, I guess. So yes, it's a pie. I'd say okay, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a kind of pie. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, it's a kind of pie. We'll go yeah. with that. Ah, the freaking misnomer that is cheesecake. Yeah. It's just cheese pie just sounds so weird and gross. I'm, ki- I'm kind of into it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we will reach a point to where humanity will Maybe we won't settle our differences and be able to get off the stupid rock, mm. but maybe we'll reach a point where we can be okay with cheese pie. I look forward to that. Day. <laughs> Joe, thank you so much for doing this with me. Where can we find you and your things if you have things for people to find you at? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, slide Angel Scribe on Instagram. It's, uh, it's my handle there. All one word. Slide Angel Scribe. I've never asked you why, why that, what is that? 
there, <laughs> how many more minutes do you have? Because um, there's this thing I use. Okay, so okay, over the years, there's been a few times where I've had what one, one might call occult students or apprentices. Mm-hmm. You know, people I'm trying to kind of usher into the art of uh, taking responsibility and artistic license with your own perceptions. Really, is what a lot of it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, and learning to frame them in a way that's useful to you. But anyway, anyhow, that's what the occult really is. Anyhow, um, so several students over the years, one of the exercises I used to try and open them up to the idea that that their brain can contain anything they imagine, any fucking thing they imagine, no holds, mm-hmm. you know, no holds barred, no limits. Yeah. And so I start with a circle, and I start by teaching them the mathematical properties of a circle, mm. uh, and which I begin with the definition of a circle, which it is, you know, all points X distance from the, from a given point, basically, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and the thing is that, that there's an infinite number of points on the perimeter of every single circle. Yes. There's an infinite number of points in the interior of every single circle. Mm-hmm. These infinities are equivalent. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. do you, you know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. the, that that shouldn't make sense to a logical mind, and it doesn't. Well, you know? there are infinities larger than other. Oh, infinities. I'm aware. Oh, I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> but those two particular infinities, they are equivalent. Mm-hmm. They are of an equivalent class. That's that's not that kind of setup. So mm-hmm. it's unusual, but. Slide, angels, sorry, angels to me are combinations of traits and processes that reoccur throughout space-time. Mm. There are things that emerge again and again as useful forms, basically. The human form, the, the design of the human body is something I would consider an angel, mm. if you can kind of make that make sense in sure. your heads. I'm hoping the listeners can, too. <laughs> um, but so, uh, so uh, you know, a slide angle, you know, it's 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 a multi-layer pun, basically. You sure. know what I mean? You think of what a slide angle is for. You know what I mean? It's for taking measurements, doing calculations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, a uh, I am trying to take note of the recurring aspects of my experience and existence that give me the ability to measure and understand. Cool. So that's that's why slide angel scribe. Yeah, <laughs> that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I'm Santiago Ramones. I'm Joseph Arthur Clark. You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music. Bloom is available now, streaming everywhere. Put it on in the background or show it to your friends so you can all enjoy it together. You can also buy it on Bandcamp and get bonus content so you can sit alone in the dark with your headphones on and listen to the album in its entirety while reading and looking at the bonus content. I also make music with Power Cycle, an experimental electronic trio. Our first completely improvised album, Too Many Damn Cables, is streaming everywhere. To support this podcast, leave reviews, comments, tell your friends about it, and buy my music, because by supporting me, you're supporting the podcast. I always end the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are, love never fails, it's going to be okay, I might be wrong. 